Trinity School of Natural Health can help you be part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry. With an education that empowers communities, Trinity grads can change lives by applying natural health principles and techniques in holistic practices or stores selling nourishing health products. Offering 19 online programs that fit your busy schedule, you'll get training to help turn your passion into a career. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited-time 2% cashback on purchases. And pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. I started to realize that not being an expert isn't a liability, it's a real gift. If we don't know something about ourselves at this point in our life, it's probably because it's uncomfortable to know. If you can die before you die, then you can really live. There's a wisdom at death's door. I thought I was insane, yeah. And I didn't know what to do because there was no internet. I don't know, man, I'm like, I feel like everything is hard. Hey y'all, my name is Kat. I'm a human first and a licensed therapist second. And right now, I'm inviting you into conversations that I hope encourage you to become more curious and less judgmental about yourself, others, and the world around you. Welcome to You Need Therapy. Hi guys, and welcome to a new episode of You Need Therapy podcast. My name is Kat. I am the host and if you are new to You Need Therapy, I always like to remind people before we get into the meat of what we're talking about that although this podcast is called You Need Therapy, I am a licensed therapist. This does not serve as a replacement or a substitute for any actual mental health services. But we always hope that it can help you somehow, some way, wherever you are on your journey to wherever you're going. And this episode is a little bit different. One, it's just me. You get to just hear my voice the whole episode. And it's also a little bit of a wild ride. Or it was a wild ride for me. I was a little bit scared. There was a lot of fear. There was a lot of shock that came over me as I did some of the research for this episode. And at one point, I had to just say, okay, enough is enough. I've gone down I've gone down the black hole far enough and it's time for me to work my way back up to the top or I don't know what's going to happen. And this episode is a prerequisite to what, honestly, what what I came to is a docu-series that could be created. Now, I'm not going to be the one that does that, but I really think 
or I really wonder, and I was wondering as I was doing this research, if this is going, this topic is going to be the topic of a docuseries on a Netflix or a Hulu or one of those streaming services in the future, because I think those are getting more popular. And this is such a popular thing right now that I just, I don't know, maybe it's because I just watched the Hillsong documentary on Hulu and I'm like, huh, never would have seen that coming 10 years ago. But now I do see those things coming. If you haven't seen that, very good. Now, I will say before we get into it, usually I like to come on here and I like this podcast to be more of a kind of a platform to spread hope and share helpful information and tools that promote a more positive outlook on some of the complexities of life. And I like to offer insight that might be helpful for y'all and it could help you understand yourselves and the world better. That isn't exactly what we're going to do today. A couple of years ago, I read a book that some of you may remember me talking about because I talked about it a lot and I did a whole episode on some of the stuff I learned from the book. And the book was called Cultish. It was written by a woman named Amanda Montel, and she actually hosts a podcast called Sounds Like a Cult. It's very good. And the book was incredible. I cannot recommend it enough. And the basis of the book was talking about how language shapes our experiences and how cults and cult-like groups use language to create their followings. Since the term cult is actually quite relative and there's not a really an objectifiable criteria or there isn't object, objectifiable criteria to identify what is and what isn't a cult. What the book talked about is the varying level of groups to the ones that come to your mind when you think cult to the ones that you might be involved in that you just think this is cool. It talked about the varying level of groups and followings that reached these like fanatic levels and how they ended up getting there. And this book aided to my already somewhat jaded, I think, outlook on social media helpers. You guys, if you've been here for a while, you know how I feel about that. And me being one of those people. And this led me to having a little bit of a crisis of my own. I was contemplating, how do I promote the information that I think is helpful? Also maintain a business and stay within my ethical walls. And when helping others is mixed with money and business and power, what I have found for myself and a lot of the things that I've seen, it's nearly impossible to maintain any sense of altruism. So you really have to be careful to continue to check yourself and evaluate yourself to make sure you're staying in your morality and you are staying within your value system. And when helping others can be monetized and then we can scale that monetization, there tends to become the slippery slope that can lead to not only ethical dilemmas, but in a lot of places, malpractice. And we saw this with the rise of telehealth companies like Cerebral. And I don't know if you guys have heard of that. It grew really fast, especially when COVID hit. And it started as a seemingly innocent way for people to get medical attention and get what they need prescriptions just to see telehealth doctors easily and affordably. It started innocently and then it turned into a company that was way more focused on marketing than the quality of their clinical work and actually helping others. And this resulted in the hiring of hundreds of clinicians without proper training and credentials and the overprescribing of stimulants, which 
interestingly enough, surprised opioids as the largest drug class of illicit drug transactions, which is a big deal. And this company was, you know, prescribing that like it was, you know, sour gummy worms. (laughs) And I actually was reading an article in the Wall Street Journal recently that quoted one of their potential investors who passed on the opportunity to invest as saying, we wanted to back a team in mental health committed to clinical quality. Ultimately, we perceived their focus to be more in marketing, which ended up in a lot of controversy. And you can look that up. That's that's another dark hole that we might explore another day. But I, I just was using that as an example of when money is mixed with helping and scaling and capitalism, it really makes you have to consistently, constantly check your ethics and your morality and your values because it's easy to get really motivated by money that bends and shapes and moves and distorts the view of what you're actually doing in your mission. Now, back to cultish. One of the names mentioned in this book was one that I had heard of a lot, but I, I never really gave him much attention. And this person's name was Joe Dispenza. Now, I'm sure some of you are like, oh my gosh, I know that guy. I love that guy. His meditations are awesome. Oh my gosh, he's wonderful. What are you going to say about him? That makes sense. He's extremely popular right now. And I can see from the outside why and how he is so popular. So why would he be in this book? And I think where I want to start is explaining to those of you who were like me and might have heard of his name, but didn't really know who he was. I'm going to start explaining who this guy is. So Joe Dispenza is a self-proclaimed researcher of epigenetics, quantum physics, and neuroscience. And he currently, I just checked this, has 2.7 million followers on Instagram, which is a lot of followers. He sounds very fancy when you read those words, epigenetics, quantum physics, neuroscience. Like my brain goes, wow, he's so smart and educated. I wonder where he was educated. Well, this is interesting. If you go to his website or the internet in general, you will be very hard pressed to find any information about Joe himself, which I find as odd and so odd that I felt like I was like missing something. Was I being dumb? I'm like, of course, there has to be somewhere on his website or this that gives a a bio or about him that tells us where this guy came from and why we should trust him. Instead, all I could find on his website, and I'm open to being wrong still, but I really spent a lot of time on that website, was a tab on the top titled proof that included a lot of, in quotes, research articles that were created by Joe or his team themselves or like summaries of research, but not a lot of real academic or peer-reviewed anything. It was just pretty general information that looked really legit. Even when I read it, it just didn't really say a lot. And on the mission page of his website, you also won't find much about Joe. What you will find is these stories of transformation that look more like clickbait for the vulnerable than actual scientific evidence or explanation of what Joe is selling. Some of the titles were, she went all in and her depression disappeared. In a selfless act of love, her lung disease was healed. He regenerated his jawbone and himself, which again, very clickbaity, right? And I want to read one of the stories of transformation on Joe's website. 
Trinity School of Natural Health can help you be part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry. With an education that empowers communities, Trinity grads can change lives by applying natural health principles and techniques in holistic practices or stores selling nourishing health products. Offering 19 online programs that fit your busy schedule, you'll get training to help turn your passion into a career. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited time 2% cashback on purchases and pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. Hey, this is Jody Sweeten from the podcast How Rude, Tanneritos. As a nostalgic voice from your past, I'm here to remind you that amongst the stressful and chaotic existence we live in 2024, you deserve to get away. It's time for a vacation, no matter when you're hearing this. And let me tell you how you'll get there. The 2024 Hyundai Santa Fe. Want to bring the family to the mountains with the Santa Fe's available H-Track all-wheel drive? Well, it's got standard third-row seating and available dual wireless charging pads for the kids who just want to stare at their phone and not talk to you. You know what I mean. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. And I want to read one of the stories of transformation on Joe's website. This is quoted from the website. After suffering with many illnesses throughout her life, Yvonne was already deep into Dr. Joe's work when she received the toughest diagnosis of all, metatastic ovarian cancer. When her doctor performed surgery, though, he was mystified. The results didn't match the diagnosis. He wanted to pursue further treatment, but Yvonne was convinced she had found the answer to healing, and she would continue the work on her own. Two years later, her oncologist had to agree the cancer was gone, and as she recounts her story three years later, Yvonne is still cancer-free. So this doesn't really say much. It basically makes you think that whatever this person did with Joe Dispenza cured her cancer. Dr. Joe Dispenza, which we will get to later. And Joe hosts a lot of workshops and retreats. It's one of the main selling points on his website he's known for. And in these retreats, he claims to heal genetic disorders through the power of belief. And at one convention, he claims to have helped a woman, this woman named Petra, regain her her eyesight. He was quoted saying she could do surgery and drugs, but it wouldn't really change her gene expression. Instead, he believed that believing her vision could return, this woman was able to change her genetic makeup in a way that would allow her to regain her sight. Now, I heard about this read about it in an article and I was like, okay, well, people, haters of Joe could say anything on the internet. So let me go do some research. Well, I found the video on YouTube of this woman at the convention along with Joe talking about this experience. What I didn't find was any research about this. I didn't find any clinical trials about what he's doing. I couldn't find anything other than this video where him and this woman claimed that this had been done. Which is confusing because if this happened, why wouldn't we want everybody to know about it? Because we could help other people. But also, why should we believe what you're saying? Like, where wouldn't you want to give us some more information on this? 
And I watched the video, like I said, and he explained how this can be done to a large group of people, including myself. I'm including myself in this group of people, even though I wasn't there in the video, that don't have the education or the real understanding of gene expression, genetics, the medical world. So he explains it in a way that makes the average person think they're able to understand what he's saying. But he's not really saying anything at all. There was a lot of just like fancy words, something that I like to call word salad that doesn't really mean anything. But at the same time, as I'm listening, it's so charismatically presented and he's such a a good speaker in that way that I'm like, oh, okay, that sounds legit. That sounds like science. That sounds like something that actually at the end of it, I was like, okay, now I'm just confused. (laughs) But for somebody who wants to believe this, I can very easily understand why I would listen to that and say, there's the proofs right there. He just explained it to us. And what he was saying, as my brain was trying to do gymnastics, understanding what he was saying, he said that she was born again in the same life during this meditative magnetic field that his followers had created during this retreat. And that's how she regained her eyesight because she was born again in the same life. Now, this is very curious to me because like I said before, if this man can heal this woman's blindness, why are we not talking about this? Why are we not doing trials on this? Why are we not trying to get this information to legitimate doctors? Why are we not using this if this is what he says it is? If this is true and real, I just don't know why we aren't curing everybody with cancer in this way. Because if it's that easy, I would love to be able to help some people in my life that have some of these diseases that they go through mainstream medicine to find healing from. Now, Joe Dispenza also charges thousands of dollars for people to come to these retreats for what I can see appear more like performances and shows, if you will. And they seem to take advantage of the average person's understanding and ability to understand science and their vulnerability towards the claims they make. Um, Maybe there's a lot of people who have been burned by mainstream medicine or other things haven't worked. And so they turn to this as a last resort. And I do believe, because I don't want people to think that I'm just hating on him to hate him. I really wish what he was saying is true because that would be awesome for the world. I do believe there is power and positivity. There is power in believing something. If we don't believe something is able to work, it really does hurt our chances of, of that actually working. So I do believe that our attitude does shape some of our suffering, some of our healing. I do believe meditation is helpful. And we have evidence to prove that. Just not to the extent that this man is proclaiming. And I know that I'm one to be skeptical. So I want you guys to know that this is coming from somebody who is known to be skeptical. However, my skepticism, I believe here comes with good reason. Because just because someone says something is true in a really charismatic way, it doesn't mean I should trust them. And this is something that really gets me. If you want to find Joe's credentials, you will need a lot of patience and a web browser with a magnifying glass because they aren't something that it appears Joe wants you to see. And I find this very curious. I have my degrees hanging on my wall in my office. I have my background listed on my website in plain sight. I want people to know where I went to school. I want people to know that I'm licensed. I want people to know that I'm regulated. I want people to know that I did the things that I needed to do and studied the things that I needed to study in order to do the work that I'm doing. I think that is very helpful for 
people that might become clients and it's just helpful to create safety in our field. It helps people understand what gives you the right to do the work that you're doing. It builds trust. And it's something that I believe we are allowed to be proud of too. I worked really hard to get to where I am. What I could find on Joe is that he holds a Bachelor of Science degree with an emphasis in neuroscience. I found some places, but some places it just said Bachelor of Science degree. And as a doctor of chiropractic, which for that, he went to this place called Life University. There's a lot of controversy on that university. Some because they lost their credentials because of their illegitimate teaching practices at some point. I didn't do a lot of research on that, but that did come up in in several articles that I read. But this is what I'm finding. He has a Bachelor of Science degree and he is a chiropractor. His in quotes, postgraduate training, which that is, I don't really know what that term exactly means, includes the fields of neuroscience, neuroplasticity, quantitative electro, I don't even know how to say this word, electrocephalogram measurements, epigenetics, mind-body medicine, and brain slash heart coherence. I don't know what that means. I don't know what he did for his training. He could just have read a couple books. Like That could mean anything is my point. And he used a lot of fancy words. Again, I could read some books on neuroscience and say that I did training in neuroscience postgraduate as well. So why wouldn't we want to, why wouldn't he want us to know the legitimacy of that? Because what I can gain is what he has done does not equal neuroscientist. Also, back to his Bachelor of Science degree, I don't know what it is in. It could be in business. It could be in fashion merchandising. It could be in nutrition. I don't know what it is in. And I find that odd that he wouldn't want us to know that. So let's go back to some of what Joe does, along with these retreats, which again, thousands of dollars. If that is what you want to spend your money on, we'll get to that. But that's one thing that he promotes and is known for. He also teaches an online course at the Quantum University, which I had never heard of before. There's another man named Bruce Lipton that also teaches at this university. And he's a biologist who believes cells are reprogrammable through the power of God. And this university is very confusing. It advertises bachelor's, master's, PhD, and doctorate programs in holistic, natural, and integrative medicine. Now, none of this is actually accredited by any agency that's recognized in the United States. So that that means you can go to the school and get this bachelor's degree, but it doesn't really mean anything to anybody other than this school and the boards that are created around what the school teaches. Let's say I went to Alabama, University of Alabama, and I did a year of training there or a year year of school there. And then I said, I want to transfer to uh, University of Tennessee. Your credits most likely are going to transfer up over to that other school because it is an accredited school recognized by the United States. Nothing is recognized in this school. So if I go and I study here, it doesn't really mean anything. I would have to start over. And again, it does not hold any value to anybody other than the people that are associated with the school. At this school, both Joe Dispenza and this guy Bruce Lipton teach their students that DNA is controlled through the power of thought and that each of us are able to alter our genetics through our minds. Now, again, 
it'd be pretty cool if this was true. And if this is true, I really want to listen and I want more information about this. I would love to read and hear and learn about this, but I can't seem to find where anybody's getting this from. The scientific research, and I'm doing air quotes around that on his website, are either studies that he did himself with his own team or they're just things that don't really say much. There's one that said that meditation does aid in the progression of certain illnesses and mental health struggles. Well, yeah, we know that. Well, I know that and I believe that, but that doesn't mean that we can reprogram. We're going from like A to Z and I want to know what's in the middle. So this brings me back to the question I asked a long time ago that I posed earlier. Why was his name mentioned in this book? Well, I assume most of you guys could take a really good educated guess now based on what I have just said in explaining who he is. But the reason he's in this book is because he has created a cult-like following of people by creating a delusion of intelligence and credibility through co-opting scientific language, which is becoming more and more of a problem in our communities. And it's actually, some of that is the motivator in the series that Tara Booker and I did and, and will continue to do where we talk about the difference between real mental health terms and how they are shifted in pop culture. People take these terms and they distort them to use as basis of credibility. They make you sound smart. And then people are like, "Ooh, I want to follow that person. So a woman named Nicole Carlis interviewed the author of the book Cultish, Amanda Montel. And in this interview, I'm going to take a quote from Amanda, the author of Cultish, and just read it to you because it says so much good stuff in it. She said, and this is Amanda, the author of Cultish. She said, co-opting technical terms from scientific fields and giving them new metaphysical meanings is something that all of history's most notorious new age leaders from Marshall Applewhite to L. Ron Hubbard has done. This is what new age groups have always done. They combine scientific language or language from the DSM, and the DSM is the Diagnostic and Statistical Manual of Mental Health Disorders, like psychological language with spiritual, mystical, metaphysical language in order to create this impression that they are tapped into a, po a power higher than science. And what someone like Joe Dispenza does, which is particularly grating and harmful, is he will co-opt terms from astrophysics. He'll talk about quantum fields. And again, his credential is he has a degree in chiropractic from the university called Life University. He is a joke, but he will basically use really complex terms that are above the average follower's head. And because he uses them with such confidence, and he's the picture of the type of person that we would expect to know about astrophysics, aka a middle-aged balding white man, Either the average follower is not going to fact check that, you're just scrolling through Instagram, or you're just surfing the internet. With this overload of information that you're getting on Instagram or on the internet, you're not going to fact check every little thing. It would take you all day. It would be like a full-time job. And study after study shows that misinformation spreads more quickly on the internet than true stories, especially on Twitter. And it's really difficult to differentiate between false information that feels more novel 
and we're more likely to spread or retweet or reshare information that feels new because it makes us feel, again, like we are accessing something special that we're in the know. And sometimes true information feels boring. So yeah, the combination of metaphysical language and science language is really dangerous because it devalues actual science. And in an era like we are in now, where there is a civil war over disinformation, when people think that science is a conspiracy, when people have such mistrust in the healthcare system, in academia, that becomes incredibly dangerous, especially because people like Joe Dispenza, and he's a dime a dozen, by the way, aren't spreading this ideology because they really think it's going to help people. They're spreading it to make a buck. The roster of products and services that Joe Dispenza has for sale would blow your mind. It's really like the metaphysical Disney store. And so he's reaching for attention. That's what he wants. He doesn't want to help people. He wants attention and followers and money. How do you get attention? You spread the news that's going to feel most novel to people. The news that is going to feel the most novel to people is probably going to be false. And that's just destructive for so many reasons. And that's the end of that quote. I am going to post all of the um, or a lot of the articles that I got the information for this episode in the show notes. You can read that whole interview with Amanda, but you can see a lot of already why it is so important to talk about and peel apart the people. And like she said, Joe is a dime a dozen that are doing this because we are going to follow things that feel most novel and We also are in a space where the world feels a little broken. We are at a distrust of certain agencies and there's so many conspiracy stories and we want to trust something and so we go to the new thing because the other thing has burned us in some, some way. And I also read a study done by a group of researchers at USC in their school of business and they looked into why fake news spread so fast on social media and they found, which was not surprising to me, that social media has a reward system that encourages users to stay on their accounts and keep posting and sharing. So users who post and share frequently, especially sensational eye-catching information, are likely to attract attention, which cued Joe Dispenza's claims. And that's what Amanda's saying when, when she's saying, if you want attention, you're going to share information that feels most novel And the information that feels most novel that gets people's attention is so often false because the truth sometimes can be really boring. Trinity School of Natural Health can help you be part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry. With an education that empowers communities, Trinity grads can change lives by applying natural health principles and techniques in holistic practices or stores selling nourishing health products. Offering 19 online programs that fit your busy schedule, you'll get training to help turn your passion into a career. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited time 2% cash back on purchases and pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. 
Hey, this is Jody Sweeten from the podcast How Rude Tanneritos. As a nostalgic voice from your past, I'm here to remind you that amongst the stressful and chaotic existence we live in 2024, you deserve to get away. It's time for a vacation, no matter when you're hearing this. And let me tell you how you'll get there. The 2024 Hyundai Santa Fe. Want to bring the family to the mountains with the Santa Fe's available H-Track all-wheel drive? Well, it's got standard third-row seating and available dual-wireless charging pads for the kids who just want to stare at their phone and not talk to you. You know what I mean. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. So, at this point, you might be thinking we get it. It seems like you don't like this person, and it seems like you think he's a joke. Why are we talking about him on uni therapy? And my answer to that is because of what Amanda Montel said in that quote, where she said, people like Joe are a dime a dozen, and the average person can't and won't fact check everything we see on the internet. There is science, and there is ethical research conducted to support or disprove the theories that individuals develop in that science. There's also pseudoscience, something that can easily pass as legitimate, but doesn't have to go through the same regulations to get to your eyes. What science does is it accepts the inevitability of error, and it sets out to find and and eliminate that. Pseudoscience really starts from a desire to prove something right. They start with a commitment to their views that they don't want to falsify. And because pseudoscience typically tries to pass for science, that's what it does. It wants to look legitimate. There's nobody that's going to post something or write an article and be like, this is fake science. I want everybody to know. They're going to do it in a way that passes for science. It can be hard to differentiate and that affects our ability as a viewer or as the public to make decisions based in science. Like we want to make decisions based on good research, based on education, based on what we know. But that's hard to do when we have fake science that looks like real science that we're making decisions off of. So to me, this is like a right now and it's a future health crisis. An article that was posted by NPR titled What is Pseudoscience from 2017 stated, One reason that differentiating science from pseudoscience matters is because many individuals and institutional decisions depend on our best understanding of the natural world and understanding that science is uniquely poised to provide. Social and natural sciences inform medical decisions, legal decisions, and public policy, not to mention our own decisions about what to eat, how to manage illness, and how to lead our lives. If pseudoscience is an unreliable basis for making these decisions, it is important to draw a line between science and alternatives that purport to offer the same level of authority. So here's where my brain starts to panic. How do we know who to trust and how do we know who to look into more? And what my flight response in my nervous system tells me to do is trust no one. And that's where a lot of my skepticism has come in. But also that has helped me do the fact checking. It's helped me look at things more critically. 
And what I don't want us to do is just ignore any information that comes at us because we're afraid we're going to get duped. Because there are plenty of good humans out there and lots of helpful information out there that these people are providing as well. So how can we learn to tell the difference between actual science and pseudoscience? We know that fake scientists purposely deceive their audience by inflating their credentials, making themselves look more legitimate without actually being legitimate, which is what Joe Dispenza has done. He calls himself a doctor, even though he has, I believe chiropractors have a purpose in life. That is a whole thing. They go to school, they do da da da. That is not a medical doctor. And there is a difference between that. The same thing when somebody go is a doctorate of education, has a PhD in, or has a PhD in clinical psychology. That's not the same as a, as a psychiatrist or a gastroenterologist or any of those kinds of medical doctors. And so we need to look at the differences between those. So like I was saying, these fake scientists, what they do is they inflate their credentials. So if you notice somebody's hiding something, red flag, and they make false claims or just, they might not even be false, but we don't really have anything to base them off of. They're just guesses that haven't been looked at any further based on a bias that they might have. And they disguise them as they're based in scientific evidence. And they profit from the despair of people who have been disappointed by science, mainstream, medical world, mainstream, anything. So we can identify some things to look for before we, as a public, hit the reshare or subscribe buttons to some of this information. I found a good starter to checking science from pseudoscience checklist from this article, The Rise of Fake Science from Nest Labs, which is an online learning community. And they posted these couple red flags to look for. So the first one is if the person has no peer-reviewed research. And what's funny is I remember being so annoyed by having to read all these peer-reviewed research articles and do this and do that in school. And now I'm like, oh, I get why this is so important because this legitimizes what we're doing. But if this person has no peer-reviewed research to back up their claims, that research is not very regulated and anybody can say anything. So something might pass as research, but we have to look for peer-reviewed research. Two, all the materials about their work were produced by themselves or their teams. So this is kind of similar. If everything that they are talking about comes from just themselves, that is a red flag. There are a lot of people that I really trust in the community of research and particularly psychology because that is what I do for a living. And often they look at what other people have done and they will grow from that or, or they'll use that to corroborate what they're, with the hypotheses that they're creating. And that feels really helpful and hopeful because it's a team of people working together based on the community of what we found together versus I have an idea and I'm going to go with it blindly and then just convince you that I'm right with this information that just came from me. Number three, look for it a vague biography that leaves out important information, such as their alma mater. Where did they go to school? Actually, I don't think I found anywhere where Joe Dispenza went to undergraduate. I did read somewhere that he took some classes at Rutgers, but it didn't say that he graduated from there. So that's interesting. And then number four, made up scientific terms not used by anybody else in the scientific community. And this one was really interesting. They gave that example this person named 
I'm going to pronounce this name wrong. Idris Aberkane is known to have coined the term neurowisdom in his book, Free Up Your Mind, which was described by neurology researcher Sebastian Dieguez as an uninterrupted succession of isolated facts, of pointless detours, antidotes of personal opinion, elementary mistakes, debunked theories, truisms, hyperboles, and alphorisms, which do not make for good science education. So look for what I mentioned earlier that I call word salad, which is not a scientific term and not a term that I've coined. I actually heard that. I think the first time I heard that was in the book Coltish, but it's just an idea that there's a lot of these fancy, cool sounding words that really mean nothing. Now, if you look into the argument deeper of what makes science science, you will find information about a philosopher named Karl Popper. And his attempt to separate empirical science and pseudoscience had the main takeaway that you will see this idea of falsifiability in real science. Something has to have the ability to be proven false to be science, which is interesting because a lot of pseudoscience, you will see focus only on the information that corroborates their story. They aren't looking to see if it doesn't make sense. They're only looking into and talking about what does. And in an article titled Drawing the Line Between Science and Pseudoscience, the author Janet D. Stemwettel writes, the big difference Popper identifies between science and pseudoscience is a difference in attitude. While a pseudoscience is set up to look for evidence that supports its claims, Popper says a science is set up to challenge its claims and to look for evidence that might prove it false. Pseudoscience seeks confirmation and science seeks falsifications. Now, he doesn't think that we should dismiss pseudoscience as utterly useless, uninteresting, or false. It's just not science. Now, under the assumption that science has this kind of power, one of the problems with pseudoscience, again, this is the point that we've been making throughout this, is that it gets an unfair credibility boost by so cleverly mimicking the surface appearance of science. So the reason this is so important is that pseudoscience gets the benefit of looking scientific and has the unfair advantage that it doesn't have to look for falsifiability. It just has to prove itself right. People like Joe Dispenza make a lot of claims and they tell their side of the story that includes enough corroborating evidence to support their, in quotes, theories. But this is very important. All of these claims are just that. They're theories and theories are not facts. And as a neuroscientist, one would think you would be testing this theory over and over and over in reputable ways. But for so many like him, that's not happening. Kitchy clickbait turns you into spending $5,000 plus on a program, a retreat, a workshop, a membership, or something that might just be a bunch of words that sound important when said next to each other. And what I really love about being a therapist is that our ethical guidelines balance on us owning that we are not the knowers. We are the helpers. It is why we can offer insight with ease, but are somewhat slow to give direct advice or tell someone with certainty something about themselves. We use phrases like, it sounds like, I wonder, I'm curious about, etc. But I would be cautious to give someone a recipe for guaranteed success. And I make a lot of assumptions, but I state that in some of those phrases that I use. I wonder, it sounds like, I have this idea that None of that is fact. I know a lot of things that aren't helpful and do cause harm. And I know a lot of things that 
are helpful, but those things vary person to person, case to case. We can make observations and we can come up with ideas. We are trained to know and notice our limitations. Now, does that mean everyone does that and does it well 100% of the time? No, I've made mistakes before. But there's also a system set up to regulate the best it can how this category of helpers is helping. People like Joe Dispenza don't have that. He doesn't have a regulating body. Again, he's a chiropractor acting as a essentially a medical professor that's curing cancer and blindness. He's acting as a oncologist. He's acting as an optometrist. He's acting on all these things, but there's no license. So he can't somewhat be sued for malpractice, I wonder. That's actually interesting. I wonder if he's even still licensed as a chiropractor because I can be sued for malpractice if I act out of my scope. Let's just say I had a PhD in some kind of psychology, whatever. If I use that term doctor to legitimize myself and then talk about something that I actually wasn't trained in, I can be sued for malpractice. So we would be acting outside of our scope. But what Joe is doing, he's acting in a world that isn't regulated by these licensing boards, it sounds like. They don't have to play by any rules because there aren't any rules for them to follow. And, you know, sometimes I really, really hate some of the rules that we have to follow as licensed therapists. It's a lot of tedious stuff. However, when I've broken them, I am very quick to understand why they are there. And it makes me think of the show Shrinking. I got kind of jealous watching that because the main character just went rogue. He was a therapist and he just started doing whatever he wanted to do and then breaking all these ethical guidelines and all of his like professional boundaries were basically non-existent. And I was like, oh man, he's so bold. I wish I could do that. Why do I have to have so many boundaries and in, in this and that? I, I should be cooler. But then as you continue to watch the show, you saw very clearly why those boundaries are needed. Things started to get messy and things started to get very unsafe. And as I was preparing for this episode, one thing that I kept asking myself, because I was sucked into this hole and I had a lot of feelings, is why do I care so much? Why does my blood boil when I hear about this kind of stuff? Because again, this happens over and over. There are so many people like Joe Dispenza. He's not the only one. He's just the one I'm using as the example. But why can't I just use the Mel Robbins tactic, let them, and just go on living my life? And in this moment, the most true answer feels like I get really angry when people are taken advantage of, especially for the vulnerability of their unmet needs. It's the justice part of me, the part that made my therapist wonder if I'm actually an eight on the Enneagram and not a seven. I want this episode to be a wake-up call for all of us, for those listening and for those helping. I want us to get more curious about what we're listening to. And I even mean what you're listening to me say, because I'm not an expert in everything. I'm not an expert on the difference between science and pseudoscience. I went and did some research on it, but there might be some of you listening that are like, huh, I want to learn more about that. Fact check me. I would love that. Please fact check me. Maybe I can learn something more from you guys even doing that. But I really want this to be a call for us to be listening, but listening more intently, being curious, but also being skeptical. I can be optimistic and skeptical at the same time. I mean, truly, I mean when I say I want curing cancer to be as easy as Joe Dispenza says it is. However, I have to be skeptical of that because I don't know that it's actually true and that could cause a lot of harm 
to me and the people around me if it is affecting the choices that we're making. I also want us to be slow, slower to reshare things that sound really cool and exciting and clickbaity and novel. I want us to maybe settle on the idea that the truth can be boring sometimes and we're allowed to regulate our systems and get used to that a little bit. When we're always looking for the most exciting, new, fanatical thing, then even exciting things can feel really boring. So maybe our system of our attention has been skewed because we're constantly looking for the thing that's going to trump the last really exciting thing that we heard or learned. So that's all I have for you today. If you have any feedback, questions, stories, anything about this or anything else, you can always email me, Catherine at UniTherapyPodcast.com. You can follow me at UniTherapyPodcast and at Cat.Defada. And until I talk to you guys next time, I hope you guys have the day you need to have. Trinity School of Natural Health can help you be part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry. With an education that empowers communities, Trinity grads can change lives by applying natural health principles and techniques in holistic practices or stores selling nourishing health products. Offering 19 online programs that fit your busy schedule, you'll get training to help turn your passion into a career. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited-time 2% cashback on purchases and pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. This is Amy Brown from Four Things with Amy Brown. Today, Healthier is happening at CVS Health in more ways than you've ever seen. It's wellness destinations for seniors, including select locations with Oak Street Health and CVS Pharmacy. It's doctors, nurses, pharmacists, and everyone in between offering quality care and support virtually, in person, and on the phone. It's in-home evaluations through Signify Health and meeting mental health needs through Aetna. And those are just a few of the ways that Healthier is happening. To see more, visit cvshealth.com slash healthier happens together. CVS Pharmacy, Oak Street Health, CVS Specialty, Signify Health, and Aetna are part of CVS Health. Eligibility and services vary by location and individual.